Well, thanks for being here tonight, guys. Um, yeah, it always wasn't... Uh, I didn't always do video, so... And I'll just kind of track back. Uh, Kevin knows a little bit about my story, I think, before. And uh, But, you know, I think most of us uh, have had an uh, interesting childhood, interesting fathers. Uh, most of us, uh, I think, probably had... A father that really didn't wasn't present, didn't really speak into our lives, and uh, that was true for me. Uh, I'm sure my story isn't the worst story that's out there. Um, I'm sure many of you probably could could uh, tell me some horror stories about your childhood and stuff that was that was worse than mine. Uh, but I grew up in the '60s, um, pretty tumultuous time, uh, just politically and. Uh, in every way. There was a war going on, uh, Vietnam War, and there was, uh, there was also a war going on in my house. Uh, my, my dad and mom are, are pretty much opposites when it comes to personalities and strengths, and, and, uh, and I just remember my house being chaotic. Uh, it, it just never seemed to be a house of peace, where where you, you, you just felt rested. There was always something going on with uh, fights. Uh, uh, one of the things my parents used to do is, uh, uh, you know, one would turn one radio station on, another would turn on, and then they would just keep turning it up because not, neither one of them would be willing to sh shut one down. Uh, things got pretty bad. I mean, uh, uh, there were several times I had to call the police to break up uh, fights, uh, with my dad or my brother or my dad and mom. And one particular day, uh, I, I remember I was in my room and there was a fight going on like it normal. And, uh, and, but something just told me, get up and, and go out into the hallway. And when I went out there, what I saw was my dad had my mom up by the throat and was, was just slamming her against the wall. And what kind of transpired there was uh, I didn't, I was paralyzed. Uh, I didn't know what to do, what to think. And um, I just stood there and my mom's reaction, my dad saw in her face and knew that I was standing behind me. That, uh, my dad dropped my mom like a sack of potatoes and he, he uh, bent down and asked for forgiveness, and ran out of the house. It wasn't too long after that, though, that it was pretty obvious that the relationship really wasn't going to work. Uh, but I think all along, the whole time, I think, even as I got older, my dad just never really said anything. I mean, he never said, great job, you know, never said, uh, let's go camping, uh, never did, you know, those kinds of things that, you know, a little kid likes to, to have to do with his dad. And never, I never really understood what it, what it meant to be a man. And I just like, you know, I, I see the strength. I see the, I see a lot of the things. I mean, my dad was a World War II veteran and I thought, wow, you know, that, there's a story there. I'd love to know more about my dad and what he went through. And he would sometimes, you know, let out a little story here and there, but it was always with this regret and this this uh, 
unforgiveness uh, for himself. And so, uh, you know, my dad pretty much uh, signed up for the sexual revolution, and I kind of went along with him. I got to see all his conquests and uh, got to see uh, how his view of women uh, kind of, you know, it, it certainly had an influence on me. And, uh, and I think I, I felt like, well, I guess this is what women are, are for. Uh, and, and so, you know, got into the drug scene, I think, and when I was in junior high, to try to numb some of this pain of, you know, what, what is this really all about? I mean, this is like, I think John Elders talks about, you ever feel like you go to a movie and you're like 30 minutes late and, and you're sitting in the movie trying to figure out, okay, is that the good guy? Is that the bad guy? Or, well, you know, who, who's what's going on here and who's, who's who? And, and, and that's what it felt like for me. Like, I'm just in this movie and I'm just being dragged from this place to that place and not really even knowing the questions to ask about what what does it mean to be I didn't know you you know need to know what it meant to be a man <laughs> and uh, and so um, I think the first uh, time a man actually saw something in me was uh, was uh, <laughs> was uh, my high school uh, teacher. Uh, see, I, I was pretty much uh, a failure when it came to school. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I flunked fourth grade. I think a lot of the divorce kind of influenced, uh, you know, education in my life. I just really wasn't, didn't feel like I was that good at it. And, uh, and so in high school, my counselor came to me one day and said, you know, I, I just, I don't think you're going to pass and you need to start thinking about something, uh, you know, to do with your life instead of flipping burgers. And she says, why don't you go to the vocational center? And I said, okay, great, sounds good to me. And so I signed up for air conditioning and uh, to be an air conditioning refrigeration guy. And my teacher uh, was uh, abusive, I guess, you know, he, he basically long story short, told me I'd never amount to anything, uh, said that I might as well just quit now and do something different because I'll never be an, an air conditioning service guy. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, doesn't surprise me, you know. And, well, fortunately the school, I think, recognized that he wasn't that great of a teacher. And a new guy came in, and this guy was the complete opposite. His name was Norm, and Norm was the the antithesis of this guy. He, white lab coat, wingtip shoes, and I mean, he was just, oh, I mean, he was ridiculed to the max. I mean, we're talking about the 60s here, where, where you know, you dress up in wingtip shoes, I mean, you're a total nerd, and, you know, white lab coat, what's that about, you know? So, so it was, it was, uh, uh, but when the guy spoke, I mean, he actually taught you something. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's really good. And me and another buddy said, hey, let's give this guy a shot, you know, and see, you know, he sounds like he cares. And so, well, this guy turned out to be a Christian and it wasn't long before we were having Bible studies in his office and I became a Christian. And, um, And he was the first man, I think, that really 
saw something in me. I don't know what, but he saw something in me. And, uh, and we built this relationship. He started, you know, I think the classic mentoring kind of thing, you know, where we went through Bible study and so on. And, uh, but, you know, it just, uh, it was great. I mean, he was probably uh, what changed my life forever. Uh, because if he hadn't stepped in, I'd either be in jail or dead. This is quite honestly, I was doing some drugs, not stuff, hard stuff, but I was doing some good drugs, and, and I really wouldn't amounted to anything. My life just radically changed uh, from that point on. Uh, and if we fast forward, you know, I get married, uh, my wife uh, says to me one day, you know, why don't you take some video classes? And um, I'm like, Okay, yeah, sounds good, and I did, and and I liked it a lot, and it was like, this is more like uh, something that feels more natural. Every time I did air conditioning, it was hard. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, there was, a, it's a long story, but there's a, a, I did it for 23 years, and and it wasn't like, you know, I learned things as I went. I mean, I did, but, but it just wasn't like a natural thing, and uh, and so... I moved to Colorado. Uh, I'm I'm uh, uh, coming out here to work for a mission organization to do video for them, and basically God shut that door. And I'm going, okay, God, you know, he came all the way out to Colorado, you know, and I thought I was going to do video stuff here, uh, but what's what's up? And and he said, uh, just wait, you know. And I'm like, okay, so I jump back into air conditioning while I was here. Actually, this was one of my accounts. New Life was one of my accounts before the big building was here. And Kevin here, I, I worked at his building over at Oracle. And so, uh, you know, doing that one day, I'm driving down the road, and he says, okay, time to start your video ministry. And I'm like, what? So says, how, how do you do that? You know, I mean, nobody knows me as a video guy. And so I'm like, okay. You know, so I... Uh, started it, and uh, two weeks later, I'm I get this job from Focus on the Family to to shoot some. This is right at Y2K, you know, right when things were starting to go sideways, and so they were trying to plan stuff. And I shot this event for them, and uh, and then we went to this church. I made this video, and unbeknownst to me, uh, Vance Brown was in the audience, and. Uh, hmm. There's a, uh, anyway, uh, and and Vance saw his movie and he said, hey, you know, we don't have money to pay for a professional video guy. Who, who did this video? And he goes, oh, it's the guy that does air conditioning. And he goes, what? <laughs> it's like, this, this is not, this is not, these don't go together, you know. You can't have somebody doing that and, and then uh, do air conditioning. And so, uh, pastor said, you two need to meet, you kind of talk like the same and we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And so went to a baptism, and and the pastor goes, "This is Vance Brown. This is Pete Gannon. You need to, you need to talk." And so we spent probably two hours from the minute that we uh, uh, we got there. We we didn't stop until everybody was gone, and uh, it was instant kinship, instant. Uh, the pastor was right. Let me just put it that way. Uh, and but that started something that uh, uh, again 
it, it, it's, you know, you look at the pivotal moments in your life, and that, that was a huge uh, time in my life when somebody believed in me and said, you shouldn't be doing air conditioning. I want you to come work for me and do video. And so I just quit my job and uh, went to work for Vance. And uh, it's, it's not just about a working relationship. I think it's much more obviously than that. Uh, don't have the time tonight to go into all that stuff. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think bottom line, um, the thing that really made a difference in my life was somebody seeing something that I really couldn't see. I mean, I think deep down I knew some things were true, uh, but every time you know it would try to raise its head, it would get it would get smashed. And I really think the enemy already has our number. I think he already knows what we're good at because he's seen you your whole life, and I think he knows. Okay, this is the things that we can do to take him out, and uh, and so. I just believe that, but but uh, when you have another brother to say, no, no, this is what, you know, that's a bunch of lies. This is what I see that's true about you. And, and that's the thing that I'm calling out. That's the thing that I see in you, and I'm going to speak into that. And, I'm gonna, and if the enemy tries to come at you that way, it's going to have to contend with me, because I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be uh, watching in the gap for that. So that started this whole long conversation about what does it mean uh, to be a brother of Jonathan David kind of relationship. And so um, that's kind of where we are tonight. Um, you know, I know I, I'd just be interested in, from you, from your guys' perspective, um, as I close, and, and start to dialogue here, what are some of the, um, you know, when you think about uh, uh, friendships or uh, I mean Jonathan David relationships even even that it might be a little bit weird uh, um, you know how many of you guys are doing life alone right now where you don't have uh, somebody that you can say this is what ha-, you know this is my deep dark secret this is the thing that that has plagued me for for years and years and years. How many of you guys are are walking alone right now? Okay. And what, is that the way you want it to be? I mean, is that, have you had experience where uh, maybe you were in a, a good relationship with a guy and you shared some stuff and he stabbed you in the back and betrayed you? I mean, is that your story? I mean, I'd just like to hear from you guys. What, what was your story? Uh, why are you doing this alone? And maybe, you know, maybe, oh, well, I just got here, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't know why I'm doing it alone right, yet right now, but I want to, you know, I want to do, find somebody. But, so anybody want to just give me some ideas about what, what, why you're in isolation? 